Welcome to the Mummy and Mind podcast. We're all about promoting mental well-being for mothers and discussing different ways to build better relationships in the family. Please connect with us on our socials at Mummy and Mind. Tune in and we really hope you enjoy. Hey, it's your host, Cammy, and welcome to another episode of the Mummy and Mind podcast. If it is your first time listening, thank you for tuning in. And I want to give a massive shout out to every single person that tuned into the first episode. Seriously, all the messages, the comments and the feedback we got was so overwhelming. And we had listeners from across the world. We're truly grateful for all the support. And if you haven't already, please follow us on our socials at Mummy and Mind. I also want to give another massive shout out to Miracle for being our very first special guest. Now, in the UK, we're still in lockdown, so we are bringing you another episode that has been recorded remotely, but we are still grateful that we can produce episodes for all of you guys to listen. I'm really excited to introduce our next special guest. She is an actress and currently stars alongside Idris Elba in the award-winning TV show In The Long Run, which is available on Sky, Stars and Now TV. She also played Tina Turner's mum in the hit Western musical Tina and was nominated for her role as Zelma at the Black British Theatre Awards. I'm really excited to introduce Madeleine Appiah. Hey Madeline, thanks so much for joining us. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, you know. Good in the mad time that we're in. I'm oh, just yeah. No, I'm for me, I, I think I'm um I'm ready to, I'm ready for the lockdown to be over. I'm ready for the, yeah. the, the schools to be open. <laughs> <laughs> it's mad. But you know that way when you're like, when you see what's going on outside, I'm just thankful for just this time right now to be home and safe. Um, yeah, definitely. You know. But no, thank you so much for joining us and agreeing to be our special guest. <gasps> I'm so honoured! <laughs> well, for us here at Mummy and Mind, we really thought it would be lovely to have you on and to just hear your story, really, because your background as an actress and in the performing arts and mm-hmm. what your motherhood journey has looked like for someone in your industry and just really hear your tips, your advice that you would give to other mothers that are interested in that area and that field or are in a similar situation that just need to hear how another mum does it really thank you Cammy. I'm really I'm honestly I'm honored that you've asked me and actually um even looking at some of the, the things that you might be asking me in this interview just giving me time to reflect is something when we're so busy I don't know if you find this but you just don't have time to reflect um you're just getting things done and it's nice to have had yeah time to start thinking about oh yeah what is that journey and what has that journey been so thank you're you. constantly going for me as well sometimes you can be like I'm four years into motherhood and sometimes mm-hmm. my friends will bring up a scenario I'm like did I really go through that and you just think <laughs> at the time you just right? you're just going through it all you want to do is get through the valley get through the valley right? and then once you get through it you've just forgotten all about it and right? I think it's so important to celebrate some of the struggles you've had and Absolutely. the fact that you've been able to to overcome it yeah absolutely absolutely so So I hope you can do that today give us a bit of insight in some of the stuff that you've faced and how you've gone through it I think for us the first question that I would have for you really is since becoming a mum and Mm -hmm. being in the industry of being an actress and in performing arts Mm -hmm. how has your roles impacted in terms of the type of um, opportunities that have come your way or the opportunities that you've accepted has that changed since you've become a mum the roles that I have now been doing or come my way have been in some ways a bit more interesting Mm. more grounded in certain ways 
um, I'm finding that I'm having a lot more responsibility in shows and pieces, leads and, and interesting stories. Um, and I'm getting a lot of really great opportunities that I have prayed for. And, and now, now that in the time when I would have thought, especially pre-children, may have I may have been out of the running for because I've you know got responsibility that may have not made me um a viable option but actually I'm having a really great time in my career in terms of things that I'm doing so that's really good to hear because I think for anyone listening I don't know for for me what I know and I could be wrong Mm -hmm. but some people think that once they have children um at a certain age that mm-hmm. they're, if they're in the, the industry you're in, the, mm-hmm. the, their time is over. There is a prime mm-hmm. age that you want to be in the industry in your 20s and your 30s mm-hmm. and they, they push off having kids. So it's good to hear that since you've had kids and gone back into acting and stuff, you've had even better roles than you were getting before. I think so. I think that um, the roles have been varied. I mean, I am doing a few more mums than I used to do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, again, just really interesting roles, very different to myself. And what I found was um, before kids, I was always being cast as really young because I've got quite a, a baby face, um, I feel. Mm. Old. Um, to an extent, I remember going in for a, a play called Hotel Cerise and um, that was at Stratford East. And Femi said to me, oh, you're coming in for the older sister. Would you look at the younger sister? Because I'm wondering, <laughs> you look quite young to be playing the older sister and I was like oh okay and I went back out and had to re-audition as the younger sister and he he cast me in that role and actually it was a funny audition because in that audition I think this was probably um my 15th audition in a row of rejections like literally um being told I look too young I look too old I'm going to give it to a man the role we're changing it to a man I was like are you kidding me god like what's happening and Femi I went in the room and I was like I'd, I think I had a little cry outside before because I'd fallen asleep on the train I had two young kids Stratford East is miles from my house yeah I was gonna say it's not <laughs> it's not it's not local right and I was just like this is a lot you know of my big my bag and I'm you know traipsing along to the theatre and he just said to me how are you finding it in in the industry at the moment I was like I said if I'm really honest it's hard because he goes are you finding you don't you don't quite fit I'm like absolutely and then he was like because when I come in I have a usefulness to my look but then there's a a weight which I guess comes from being a parent Mm. Um, and he said but yeah I feel like you'll start to find your place but you look young but you've got a mature energy so I was just like cool and then he told me to go out and read for a young person so uh, (laughs) (laughs) it was interesting and accepting that sometimes especially in my industry you can work until you're 108 as long as you can do the job Um, Mm. you're you're always evolving you're always changing and and I love that about I love that about um this industry so Madeline you got married at 25 which is actually really young when you think about today's generation (laughs) (laughs) um but no that's really good like I can imagine um what it would have been like at that time years ago you must have been so excited and was kids something that you've always wanted from when you first got married yeah 25 when you say it like that in this in this day and age 25 is is young (laughs) but you know me and David met when we were 18 19 at uni and we you know we had intense two years together and then a bit of time where he was in a different city to me um and yeah 
we married and here we are um kids I've always wanted kids I've always wanted kids anyone who knows me you know Cammy from us growing up I've always kind of yeah gravitated towards children literally you love you you love you you love doing dance dance battles with us (laughs) (laughs) teaching you dances oh gosh if you didn't have a cousin teaching you dances I don't know what you were that cousin you have (laughs) whenever I see that meme I'm like this is Madeline this is Madeline anyway so I've always knew I I think I was going to follow my family model which was four I had I'm gonna have four kids blah 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 um and then you get married and you just, you know, you think, yes, you're right. And actually, bam, the reality hit um, that it was not that straightforward. We've mm. been married and about six months in, we stopped using contraception and nothing happened. And, you know, years went by and it just wasn't happening. And it was at the back of my head. And of course, you know what it's like. People ask questions. Oh, when are you going to have babies? Especially in African ha- oh, households. Right, babes. Don't leave it too long. Oh, you know, and it's just like, wow. And then as I'm starting to go, yeah, now it's two, three years now, nothing's happening. Mm. I'm starting to get a bit concerned. Um, and, you know, so I said to David, I think we're probably about three, four years. I think, you know, something's not quite right. And I remember, do you know what was one of the biggest triggers? Is when we went to watch the cartoon Up. I don't know if you've seen up. Yeah, is it the cartoon with the old man that's yes. grumpy? And you know that intro? I remember seeing it in the cinema and I was inconsolable. And that's when I was like, <laughs> you are more wor- worried that you're letting on here. So, mm. You know, I said to David, let's let's one, start praying about this, and two, let's start thinking about um getting some tests done. Yeah. If there is something up, then we at least can prepare for when. We we're ready to um, start for a family, so that was part of the um, process for us. And um, I remember uh, David got his tests done first, and then they came back clear. We were very thankful. And then I was going to do mine. Now at the time, mm. I was um, rehearsing a play called The Duchess of Malfi at the Old Vic Theatre, um, and I knew that if I booked an appointment it would probably fall right in rehearsals so I was like um let me not do that because it's really hard to get out of rehearsals um so let me just wait till when we open and during that time I was getting different kinds of encouragements and pictures and one of them was at church the church we were going to at the time um a woman would paint pictures during the service and sometimes those pictures would, would I'd speak to people and I remember one day going in and she drew this picture and it had a tree in a desert. And at the bottom of the picture, there were two little le- um, leaves or flowers. Mm. In the desert, when you go up, you can see the, the roots of the tree that go really deep. And the tree is big and it's green. So that's mad, a green tree in a desert. And then at the back, you can see like some glaciers mountains. And I remember just, you know, when something is like, that picture is speaking to you and that doesn't I've never had that happen to me before and I sat there and I was just looking at this picture I think that's mad another reason I thought that because when we got married my friend David Jesse had given us a picture saying that he felt that we were like a tree that had you know that had deep roots and that you know we should celebrate our differences and 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 also enjoy how connected we are so I've always had that as a thing for me and David anyway. So I just thought, wow. And also a scripture 
um, that came to me was, I think it's Isaiah 43, 19, about behold, I'm doing a new way. Can you not see it? It springs forth. Um, I'm making a way in the desert place. So then for me, that just was like a little promise that he's going to make a way. I don't know how it's going to be. Maybe we have our own. Maybe we'll adopt. I don't know at this point. But mm. that just made me feel like something is going to be answered in this. And it was going to be two children because of the two flowers. And I started laughing. And I was like, two? I can't even have one. <laughs> and I was talking about two children. So I said, do you know what? I got a copy of the picture and I put it on my wall. And whenever I pray, I would, you know, set, remind God about this. When there's, there's days when it's so hard and you're just like, I can't see this being fulfilled. I'll just remind him of that picture. Because the way it dropped in my spirit, I said, this one, I'm standing on it. And you know you want to remind God of His promises, right? And that's and that's what keeps you going because sometimes He might promise you something, or you feel like you've got some a dream or a vision. Mm. And it doesn't necessarily happen straight away. Sometimes it's years, you know. And so yeah. it's being clear about your intentions and being clear about your desires, and also being able to surrender it, which is so hard because you want to control everything. I do anyway. And then I think all I think as mothers, you, you want to have a sense of control over stuff, everything. And it's... I, said, you know what? I have to surrender this to you because if it doesn't happen, I need to say it as well. If it does mm. happen, I need to say it as well. But that is very, 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 very hard. So um I'm doing my play and also I have very odd periods. So they were all over the shop. But during the rehearsals of um, the Duchess, I just remember um my period wasn't coming for time and it's the longest it's ever been. Um, and so I was thinking, what's going on? And um, I remember during rehearsals, I woke up one morning thinking, oh my gosh, it's like 28 days. Great, great, great. And I went to the bathroom and my period came. So I was like, oh, gutted. You know, when you're just like... Heartbroken. Heartbroken. I sobbed, 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 went into work. And Eve Best, who was our duchess at the time, she knew I was upset. And I confided in her and told her how I was feeling. And she was just like, you know, she was just wonderful about it all. Um, and then and then that evening I went to church and mm. I went to a service. And I remember the song that was playing that just stuck out to me was Be Still and Know That I Am God. And I just held, held on to that because I was so upset. And I said, you know what? Again, I surrender it. You are God and I'm surrendering it. Went home and it's like my period just stopped. And I usually have horribly heavy periods, so it would stop. Sorry for the graphic, the graphic nature of this. but um, No, it was all about being real here. So listen, if, you're honest, if you're, we want mums to listen. We want men and dads to listen as well. They need so to know what it's really know, like. To be a woman and every month. <laughs> so I went home and it happened and I was just like, weird. But obviously you just carry on, you know. And then the next day, nothing. Not even one moment of, not, not one thing. So I just thought, this is weird. Then I went to rehearsals and again, nothing. So I was just like, cool. So I was thinking, do you know what? And I'm, now I'm going into the 30s of being late, which has never happened to me. Mm. I don't know if your if your mom used to do this, but my mom taught me from day, you always write your period. So I'm very, I was very regimented at Yeah, night. on my calendar. Now yeah. I've got it on my phone. Right. So back my in mom the day, you had it that. written down. <laughs> yeah, you write it down. So I'm, I'm, I was regimented at knowing how many days. Um, and then on the Sunday, I, I just, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I need to get a test because just in case. But I remember the Sunday before, the Sunday was a busy day. So in the morning I had an appointment and then I had a lunch appointment. So I thought, let me grab something on the way to the appointment and do the test at some point on Sunday. And I couldn't wait. 
anyone who knows me I'm just I can't wait for things um and we were in Nando's me and David and some friends and I just went I'm just going to the loo I went downstairs <laughs> I did the test and it was pregnant and I oh my God. in the toilet my legs were shaking and I was like you're so fast why did you do this baby you can't <laughs> you have no one celebrating right? with you can't tell no one so I was like you know that when you're sitting down in and you've got a secret and you're just oh, like, oh, gosh. The secret that I can't tell you. Um, David, let's just finish this dinner and go home. So anyway, we went home. <laughs> we're driving home. I said, David, I need to talk to you. He's given me like, what have I done now? <laughs> I'm like, it was all expecting to get home. Because I thought, if I tell him, you want to swerve the car or whatever. Yeah. So we got in and like, he's sitting down. I remember him thinking, he's in the dog's house or something. And I just said, we're expecting. And we just celebrated. It was incredible. And you know that way I just cried and I was just so thankful because all these years I didn't know how it was going to be. And there it was. And we did like seven tests that night. <laughs> just to make sure. <laughs> um, and then on the Monday I've gone into work and I'm like, oh my days. Now let me tell you, this is Duchess of Malfi that was directed by Jamie Lloyd. And he is a, his, his work is incredible. And we had this fight sequence um, Combat Kate, she's the name, and she had made this fight sequence. And the character I played um, um, is murdered at the end of the play. Delightful, like <laughs> right um, for being um, the Duchess's um, right-hand woman. And it, the fight sequence was graphic. I literally got punched in the stomach. I literally got thrown on the floor, and then my neck broken. And um, for some reason, I got in on Monday and Kate's like, I've just worked out the choreography. I'm going to take out the punch because I didn't want to say because, you know, the first 12 weeks, you kind of want to keep it low key. Yeah. How do you do that when you're, you know, I'm being punched in the stomach? So I thought, cool, that's out. Maybe I can just mask it. And then we did the fight. And then Jamie <laughs> took me outside and he's like, Matt, is everything OK? I was like, why? <laughs> he's like, because you, you're kind of you're not really going for the fight. You're stiff. And you're I'm looking like, a bit stiff. <laughs> And he was like, I knew it. Congratulations. And then they were really great and they were really accommodating. And it was really encouraging because then, you know, he, you know, he hadn't having had a child himself. It was just encouraging of how much yeah. the child is actually protected. So not to, the, the baby, you know, you can still carry on. You're not going to suddenly, you know, do anything by just doing your, your day to day. So I was like, OK, fine. So we went on with that and how was that actually the first 12 weeks did you have any sort of symptoms of like morning sickness or was it like smooth sailing Um, when i got to six weeks it was awful (laughs) it was awful oh no i wasn't sick i was vomiting i couldn't eat jollof rice i couldn't eat anything with any healthy things um but i could smell everything like i could smell the theater right where i'd been rehearsing all this time suddenly had a smell that i couldn't I couldn't bear sometimes it would make me feel sick. And you know, Eve, she's an absolute queen. She'd let me stay in her room. For some reason, she had a scent in there that my stomach wasn't even. <laughs> it was mad. I would eat chips every day. Uh, it was mad. Um, and I, you know, I tried to keep it low-key in the theater so that my girls um in in my dressing room, Iris and Lucy, they kind of kept it low-key because I couldn't hide it. I was I just felt miserable with the sickness, but yeah. thankful because I knew. This is what I prayed for, you know, but it may. <laughs> and then, yeah, so then after the first trimester, things settled. I made it through the show. I mean, it was so bad some days that I'd be vomiting 
literally before I go on stage and fronting afterwards. I just it was it's crazy. You think like you said at the beginning, when you rethink what you've been through, it's nuts. I just think, wow. Um, you're right. <laughs> so then that was fine. And then after that I felt I started to enjoy being pregnant in terms of not feeling ill. And then about six weeks, seven weeks, I, I developed a thing called synthesis pubis, which mm. um is a thing where your pubic bone becomes hyper. Is that six weeks before the baby was due? This is before the baby was due. So okay. I'm about six months pregnant and my, my pubic area, whenever it walks, kind of grinds. It sounds painful, but, and it was. Um, so it meant that walking and things like that became a big problem. And I was waddling at like seven months and that's nuts. But um, I was able to just stop working and be at home. And David's a physio. Um, and so he was very helpful in terms of things to kind of ease the pain but there comes a point where there's nothing no one can do you just have to ride it out and I mm. did and Bria was born a henchback baby <laughs> how much did she weigh she was nine nine pounds two wow that is a, yeah. and that was that c-section or normal birth, normal birth Remind with me. a little bit of help um uh, that is crazy. It? was it forceps but mate I was like when she came back we're like Yes, man. That's that's when you have two months of eating at home <laughs> with my babies. But I'm so thankful. She's wonderful and worth every bit of that journey. But what a time! Um, yeah. I really struggle myself with you know. I want to be successful, but I want to have it all. Mm-hmm. I want to have a family. I want to have kids. I want to be, get the promotion. I want to own my own business. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's trying to find the balance of, mm-hmm. of, of all of that and knowing that there's mm-hmm. some things I'm going to have to give. And I really struggle being, knowing that I haven't got as much control as I mm-hmm. used to yeah. have when yeah. I didn't have children. I don't know. Is that something that you have had to do in regards to your career in terms of having to take a step back? I remember I was given advice by, um, and it actually happened, this happened quite a few times by older mothers who've got grown up children my age or whatnot. And one of the advice that I heard a lot was if you can, because it's not everybody who is passionate to do this or wants to do this, but if you Mm. can, try and keep your foot in the door so that as your children grow, you are also growing in your career um if you can do it it's hard and therefore when your children leave the nest you still have something of your own you can jump back into if you want to yeah ultimately everything is changeable but I remember that was advice that was given to me because um you know you you're not sure what is it is it best to stay home and just be at home for your parent your kids which is an amazing job amazing job to do raising kids is the one one of the most important things that I've ever been asked to do I want to know what's the right way to do it mm. but I found for me when I looked at my own upbringing my mom is and my mom and your mom and all of my family are examples of you do what you need to do for your family and my mom worked at one period mm. three jobs four kids at a period single parent ra- raising these kids working and that was what my model that was my model seeing my mum work that hard and still have time to bust jokes, still have time yeah. to go to, you know, take us places. Go to the hall. And go to hall parties. I don't know the Ghanaian how community they did that. Um, association. <laughs> do you know what I mean? With her, with, 
quote the quote the quote committee i'm yeah. thinking wait a second if i'm even if i can't even pay one bill i can't even leave my bedroom because i'm stressed out parties. you had time to go to hall quote parties meeting. and quote you meetings have, you, know, you know what you know what it's like your mom goes to work she what she's doing her thing and then when she's going out she looks incredible like uh in tomorrow her african attire oh, her head wrap her hair she's on point and that was my role model that she was able to mm. make sure we always had food um make sure you know we were attended to but also worked um and i do genuinely believe that that generation of women are cut from a different cloth because it's 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 Definitely. really hard and i you know i just think how do you do it <laughs> but you said as well but i also think that they are cut from a different cloth and they weren't able no, to they weren't. easily just, talk about mental health bit your lip and got on with it and you know mum and and you know I, you know when yeah. I talk with my mum she you know she reveals little things that make me go okay it was hard for you too you didn't it didn't look it wasn't as easy as you made it look but you know they are a different mm. generation of women so I thought you know if I can and I, I have a really supportive husband and really supportive mum and dad who have really come alongside me mum actually retired she said to me to help me with my childcare so it's like I have the team around me and why and my mum will say you're young now is the time to be doing everything you know if you can and also my children have a relationship with their grandparents that I didn't have with mine David's parents also come down sometimes and give me um give us time like a couple of weeks that ago so it's really important for sowing those seeds but also allowing me and David to work and also we need the money like let's not get it twisted let's get it <laughs> let's be real and we need the money and I'm, i've always been used to having my own money so it's like there's loads of things but i really felt that was such good advice for me and it's hard and you mentioned having everything like you can sometimes though in that moment something will give yeah so sometimes you're maybe not as attentive yeah. to your kid as you want to be because your career's getting everything and then at, sometimes you've got has, that has to flip because then you your kid needs everything and then your career might not or your your relationships or you know every your your own sanity things have to there will be you'll have to fight to keep that balance which is really one of the biggest struggles yeah it's worth it i feel in the end because my daughter will say to me you know when my son was having a moan at me for going to work when he was a bit younger my daughter turned around and said but mommy needs to work because we need to pay our bills I said how do you even know about stuff like this but anyone who meets Rina <laughs> will know she's like six going on 16 but it's like wow like yes she, they're watching us and for me that's a great model and then you know you've got the other side where mothers stay home and and have that foundation for their kids which at times I'm jealous of because they're constantly there do you know what I mean they're there to do all the, the things at school that you know are important for your child and a, a real stability um so there's you know there's lots of elements to it but I just with that advice I found very helpful and like I said my mum's was the model for that she worked from when we were little and I I still think I have one of the most amazing mothers in the world so no, thank you for sharing that bit of advice. So, because I think for our listeners as well who are in, you know, mm-hmm. my, our generation or even younger, and they're just thinking, how am I going to do it? So I'm not, I'm just not even going to have yeah. or think about having a family now because I want to focus on this. Mm-hmm. It is nice to know that you can sort of have both, or you know, at least 
keep in touch in both worlds whether it is being a mother and also being in the industry and keeping up to date with what's going on it's it's important that you you have an identity for yourself so you are working but you also have time to enjoy having a family because again it's so important important. so you've now got had your first baby and everything's looking good I'm guessing were you thinking about getting your body back and going back to work how did how did baby number two come because their their age gap is really small as well so do you want to tell us a bit of um, how that sort of happened so yeah so you, the first you know it took a, it took a long while to conceive my first child so we didn't do any, any contraception after mm. her um and yeah you're right I'm getting my body back my hair was really great from pregnancy I don't know if you guys found that but my hair was lovely oh my hair was glowing <laughs> until I lost the front <laughs> They oh my god prenatal shedding which they forget to tell you about happens after four months. I'm living my life, you know, enjoying one child and going for interesting meetings and things like that. And then I'm like, my period's late. What is going on? (laughs) Did the test and I'm pregnant and I'm like, David, um, we're expecting again and literally like what how I was like right don't need to do the science you know how that (laughs) happened but it was mad because we didn't necessarily think it would happen that quickly here you know yeah three or 17 months and Caleb arrives and I'm like we've got two children under two and I remember when I found out I was in such shock everyone was in such shock but then I'm like why are you shocked you already saw God said two but I didn't know it was going to be that quick let's face it and I remember when I found out that week, my agent called me up and was like, you've got um, an audition for a great part. It's coming to St. James's Theatre, which is now the other theatre in Victoria, um, directed by Lawrence Boswell, a really great piece. And I was like, now I think I need to tell her because, you know, I was hoping to hold on to this news for a while, but I just had mm. to let her know. And she was like, oh my goodness. I was like, I know. Um, and so... I decided to still go up for it because when we worked out the math, by the time the run would finish, I would be four months pregnant. What did you think of her reaction, by the way? Because what if we've got anyone listening at the moment that is potentially in the same situation? They're worried about telling their agent or letting people know. Like, what advice would you give them about the sort of people you have around you or, your, well, or the really? agent, the agent well, that you use? I think she was shocked use. because it was such a quick turnaround. So I think at this, I can't do the math and I should have done the math of this, but Bria would have been quite young. So it wasn't like even a year had really gone by um and so she probably was thinking you know, shocked as I was shocked that David was shocked but the thing is the yeah. team around you is important because everything is not just my career for me like family is the most important thing to me um and I think once people have children they understand that you do have to juggle life can't only be about one thing it had to incorporate lots of things and they were so supportive she was like do you still want to go for it um and I we worked out the math and I said I'd be up for it I guess the only thing was the character was called Elizabeth and she was going to be a wet nurse for who would be Natalie Casey she played um the um the main lady and um I was going to be her wet nurse and my child had died birth so I was like this is a bit close wow, to the bone because I'm a... carrying um you know I you know miscarriage is yeah. something that's one of the most painful things to go through so it's that thing of do I want to be saying these lines every night with a child in my stomach but then I thought you know 
this is an opportunity and I'm not going to be driven by fear on this. So we went up for it and I got the part. And when they told them, they were like, absolutely fine. We'll work around you, which sometimes happens. People work around your family. People work around your circumstances. And sometimes we shy away from things thinking it's going to jeopardize. But actually, the fact that I was pregnant, probably they they like that, that I may have had that experience. I don't know. So I got the job and I did it. And, you know, when you think back to it, Cammie, hey, it was serious because I have a little baby at home and then I'm getting the tube to go to work. I'm pregnant, do the play, come back and then start again looking after the baby in the day. It was amazing because my mum would come to me after work, who was also working at the time, and then would come and help me at home until David came home. And then David would then do the night shift and I would make my way back home if that makes sense. So it was a real challenging time. And I did it with absolute gratitude because the part was fantastic. The cast were amazing. I remember yeah. oh, you, oh, yeah, um, Crosby came. That was our first, I think our first, our first <laughs> theatre date actually, you know, years ago. <laughs> and we came to see you at, Cammy, at, you on that really show. you really such good. a great supporter, man. You've come to see so many things of mine, even if they're like some... <laughs> different types of pieces you've come so thank you for that it was such an amazing play um in the next room by sarah rule and it was wonderful and even though it was hard i did it because i knew what i was getting into and um you just think god thank you for carrying me through that and yeah even me when i when i came back from and i went back to work after a year and when I think about what I went through, I just think I must have lost my mind. I literally would wake up at five and I'd, go, and I'd literally be in the office because I was a manager at the time. So I had a team that I was looking after as well. I'd have to be there by seven o'clock to, t- to open up, oh, to yeah. do the alarm. While you were pregnant? Everything up for the team. And I would, no, this oh, is after, when, after, after giving birth, but just in general, like when you, when, when you go back to work yes. and you're doing this for someone else as well, someone else's business. <laughs> And yeah, so I went, I'd do that and then I'd and then I'd work was it ten to twelve hours. I'd get home at eight. My mum would have picked up Azar from nursery and he all I would basically do is put him to bed. And I missed out that time, that period that I was working in that place, I missed out on so many yeah, things of his so development, his growing up, because I was working so much and I just right. look back and just think, and how did I even do that? Certain kind of strength that you get to do it, but at the time you're just being like I've got to, you know got to do this got to do that and then later on you go my god you're yeah. great because I don't know how <laughs> five o'clock Cammy that's serious seriously that's I look serious. back now and I'm just like no I can't believe I did it but you're um, right you just get a strength from, from somewhere it will come from God obviously in our cases and I know there's people out there who don't have family so more power to you that are doing it without that support yeah. with because it's not easy some people have au pairs. Some people not are taking their children to nursery. That's what our parents did, though, because they didn't have family. Like, our mum's grandma was in Ghana. Mum was here. Do you know what I mean? Taking her, she was saying, I'll take you to the childminder. Yeah. Five, I'll, I'll be getting up to get do your hair, to take you to the childminder, and then go to work, then come back, come home and cook. Mate, people are just doing things. And just need a little applause right now, fam. Right now. 100%. Now you've got mm-hmm. two kids two under two 
So what was that like for you? Because financially, that must have been a strain. So I'm guessing you would have had to go back to work or did you take time out? What was that like for you, your family dynamics now that you're, you're, you're an actress? Did you well, have like, to um, put that on hold? Well, I fortunately just kept getting work and it was amazing. Like I suddenly stunned, I started doing more mm. TV, which was something I was absolutely desperate to do. Um, a bit more of and I suddenly started getting really interesting roles um, that were just it was amazing and um, I think the, the I did a short film with Idris Albert with two little ones and I was just like that has never happened like in my that's the thing I have definitely prayed about and now with two kids I'm getting opportunities like this and the maddest thing is I like to prep for work so if I have an audition, I like to do my research. I want to go in off book. And I'm suddenly having to do my prep in different ways. Like I'm having to do laundry while learning my lines, putting it on tape and then trying to repeat it while I'm doing the tasks that need to be done in the home. Um, and, and you just suddenly have to find a new way of adapting to be relevant and be because yeah. I don't have the time at the same time as someone who hasn't got kids. But that I can't that's not I can't go into a room and say, Oh, I'm sorry, I, I was up last night with my kids five times in the night, so I didn't manage to learn my lines. No, that ain't gonna fly. That, that is not gonna fly. So I had to do things in the way that worked with my family so that I could still go in and give a good audition. Um and so I found work started coming mm. to me that I hadn't necessarily had that um chance before and David again was so supportive and you know never say oh we can't do that he just you know if it was to advance the career that he knew that I was trying to develop he got behind it and again I had the support of my mum and he was just like we'll help with the childcare," and my dad would come on board so it was it was it was incredible things started to change and sometimes children are such a blessing I believe that sometimes they open up doors for you in ways that you might not necessarily think because like you you know you were saying before sometimes we're fearful of them actually being a hindrance but actually for me I found my children have really grounded me as a human as an actress as yeah as a person you know so now you're saying that a lot of your roles have changed it was accelerating mm-hmm. after becoming a, a mum so let's talk about your most recent amazing opportunity which you know was is the musical that you were part of you know Tina can you just like really dig in and tell us how that came about um what that meant to you just you know just that opportunity alone was I can imagine must have been breathtaking for you when my agent came to me with the the chance to audition for this I was all over I've always wanted to do a musical so yes and when they told me Philip Lloyd was directing it I was like yes I love this woman's work she is incredible as a director yes please and I also saw that Katori Hall was on the book who had written The Mountaintop which I'd seen a few years back and it's one of those plays that have always stuck with me I just thought it was brilliant David Harewood was a Martin Luther King it was amazing so I was like can I get in a room with these guys? Yes, please. Um, so, <laughs> so I did that. But, um, and then when I saw the song I had to sing, which was for, I was auditioning for Arlene, um, Tina Turner's older sister. When I saw that I was singing Shake a Tail Feather in the audition, I said, 
God, you are merciful, help me, because it was quite a big <laughs> song. Um, but she had some really good <laughs> scenes. And I read the play, um, the, yeah, the, the book, the script, I would say. And I thought it was really good. Um, and I was like, yes, please, I'll go and try my best. I got some pointers from some of my friends. I said, look, am I just shouting here? Is this all right? And I went in, did the audition. And it wasn't great. Philida had me lifting up chairs and stuff. And I was just like, I literally <laughs> am trying to sing with all of my might. This through me. But anyway, so I did the audition. It wasn't great. And I'm making my way back home. And my agent calls and is like, they want you to come back in, but to... Um, audition for the mom and I was like the mom Zelma yeah hey, I could do it but um I, I just don't understand that because I, I in my head I don't know where I just felt like my playing range was a certain range but he was like you know they want to, to cast someone who starts at their actual age so is young my age and makes her way up and they will help you like aesthetically to do that so I said well I'm in my heart I, I, I would love to be able to do that but I'm also thinking of my contemporaries, thinking I think of other actresses who were maybe slightly older than me that would that this would suit better. But you said, you know what, God, let me not try and talk. Let me just obey. I'll go and see what this is about. Yeah. So um, he said, can you go back? They want you to learn the music. So I said, is there a chance I can do that today? Because obviously I don't live in London. Um, it would just be easier to do that now and then you know, we, we can just make, move forward from there. So he said, yeah, go back. The assistant direct, um, musical director is there. They just want you to learn the music. I said, I haven't got the script, so there's not going to be any reading. No, they're not there now. It's just the musical director. So I said, cool. So I go, I wait. I think I had to wait a few hours. <laughs> then I went in and I'm going to the theatre and I'm seeing that the producer's still in the, the, the building. I think I thought people had left. Okay. So Tally Perlman's walking around, who was the producer. So I said, mm, that's interesting. Then I get into the room. When I look into the glass, I see Pippa Alien, the casting director's in the room. Um, Philip Lloyd is in the room. And I'm thinking, why are these people in the room? I'm just coming to learn the song. And they're big names. And I'm and these are big names funny, in they, the industry. You know that way I'm trying to avoid eyes. Because if they say to me, Reed, I haven't prepared Cami yet. I haven't got a script. Because sometimes these <laughs> things do get broken down in transit, like along the way, like your agent gets some information and there's some break, broken down information. And then it's like yours in the room. And you're like, oh no, yeah. I thought. And it's like, I didn't want that. So I'm doing the song with Alf. And then Phyllis is like, oh, would you like to read? I was like, I knew it. But you know, I was like, do you know what? In my head at the time, I was thinking, I'm not sure if I'm quite right. So if I read now, in fact, it might save everybody time because if they see it and they go, oh no, it was a wild idea, we thought, we'll deal with it now. So I sit down and Pippa Alien reads with me, and something happened that happens every now and again in the room where there's just a lot of electricity and, and it's just it's just working, we're just bouncing off each other. I haven't prepared, so it's literally in the moment. And that's the best kind of acting where you're just there and you're not going, I've made a choice. It's like, you're giving mm. me something, I'm giving you something. And we're banging off each other. And I've auditioned for Pippa Alien for years. I always do musical auditions. You do the first round and then I'm out in the second round when I have to do the dance call or something. So I've known her for a while and it was just really mad to be in this position acting alongside her. And she's given me stuff. Because sometimes Carson is just read. She's giving me stuff. So as we leave, she's like, you're a brave woman. I said, okay, thank you. And I, and I kind of went away going, do you know what? Whatever happens, 
at least Philly Deloyd has seen me do some acting that is decent and hopefully she'll bear me in mind if this doesn't work out. Then my agent calls said, go in on Friday. Yeah. So I went in on Friday and it was an amazing kind of experience. I, 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 I had auditioned with another actress and we had really, I just felt like the scene was even better again because I had a bit of time to prepare and she was incredible. And all the big guys were in the room and it was one of those things that you go, this doesn't happen very often and I'm so thankful to have this opportunity. So I ain't here to play. And um, Nick Skelbeck, who was the um, supervisor of music, got involved in the audition and he took, it was just an incredible experience. So I left going, do you know what, Mad? whatever happens, you did a good job. And then on the Monday, they called and offered it to me. And I literally... I was booming. I was screaming. Must have been screaming. I, <laughs> I fell on the floor in the park because I've just been over the top. But whatever. Because I said, if, I, if this comes on me, I'll do that. And then instantly, I was like, oh, no, should I do it? And then I remember having a chat with David and he was like, do you want to do it? I said, I really do, but I'm scared that I won't be right for it. And then we had that discussion. I was like, what about the kids? That's a whole year. This is the West End. A whole year of not doing bedtimes and he just went to me you would absolutely kick yourself in the foot if you did not take this opportunity right so you need to not mm. just take a moment think about what you want to do and I'm going to support you either way and don't let fear steal this from you and I just had to just go do you know what I want to do this and I think I can I had to think of um, the actress Mariel, Mariel, oh, Marion Colletard I think her name is who played um Edith Piaf and she played her throughout her whole life it's done it's doable just just take this opportunity Philly Deloitte's not a, a joker she knows what she she wants and you don't want to turn down an offer that you know what I mean because of so fear. hard to even impress wait a minute what's going on so literally I was like cool went in and it has been the, one of the most life-changing jobs for me in terms of development um in terms of what I learned as an actress, as a woman, as a mother. Um, and I'm very thankful for that opportunity. She gave me the encouragement for Leda gave me on that process. Cause I think if she hadn't, I probably would have, cause there's a funny thing with actors. The, the moment you get a job, that's like the best part. The moment you get booked, that's the best part. Because <laughs> after that comes the, the doubting, the critiquing and all that other stuff. So it was just an incredible experience for me so your blessings obviously didn't end there <laughs> now let's talk about your show that you've been you've had two <laughs> seasons so far with Idris Elba what has that been like I just want to say yeah if you ever oh, need girl, like a stunt know. double we, people think we look like <laughs> I'm here yeah people... <laughs> I'm here if you need it's a stunt double I'm here just like I'll do it I'll I'll jump off a car just have all my family in this new please please hook that up i'm so jealous i'm literally hating so much like the fact that you, you you're you're working with him and not you're in such a, the, the position that you play as well again like you're playing a mother right <laughs> yeah tell us a bit about that how that's come along yeah. and i know that the kids oh, have been on yeah. set as well what was that like for them it was a great experience again i did the short film when i had two young young kids um, you know that way I'm like I'm not you know all the things you're thinking like I'm just getting myself back in shape and you know it just gave me that opportunity and we 
you know, I filmed one day and that was it. Like it was the maddest process anyway. Like I auditioned by self-tape. He chose me off the self-tape and then I met him, did a read through. It was mad because for me, I used to work in a health spa, right? Um, and I met a, one of my dear friends there, Janine. And um, Janine is an Idris Elba fan. She loves Janine, um, Idris Elba like... I'm going to embarrass her a little bit. There was a period as a grown-up 20-year-old, she had a, a, a <laughs> iPhone, an iPhone cover with a picture on it. I said, you're, you're a grown woman. What are you doing? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, I understand. No, I actually she understand, Janine. It's fine. And I remember when I was working in the spa, she came in and she's like, oh, my gosh, I just seen it. He was in whatever place because we worked off Oxford Street. And she was going on and on. And I was like, did you mm. get to talk to him? Did you talk to him? At this point, obviously, I've watched The Wire. My man's a bad man. He's, like, up there on people that I'd love to work with. And she's going mental. And I said, you know what? Okay, let's just pray one day I get to work with him. Then you can come and meet him. Um, and she was like, wow. yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So that was then. That was whenever, way before Bria and Caleb. So when I got the audition, I remember thinking about Janine and thinking, this is mad. So when I got the part, I was like, this is mad, this is mad. So it was very quick. It was quick. He was amazing. Did one day filming. And then when we saw the screening, he was like, I hope to make this into a show. So hopefully, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll be in touch and stuff. And it took a while. And then I got this call saying, oh, they're thinking of that it's getting the green light, but they want you to audition again. I said, hey? I, trust me, my heart sank. I was like, I have to audition again. Okay, okay, this is scary because this could definitely go away from me now. And I think what had happened was he was filming mm. um, Yardy at the time. She was in Jamaica and correspondence and stuff had was not as clear. But I auditioned anyway and they were just waiting to hear back from all the team. And then when once he got back on board and Gina got back on board, who was the producer, they were like, of course... Like she's white, like of course. So like, but that two weeks, she didn't even have to audition. I was like, oh my days, this could go away. This this industry I live, I work in, is mad, isn't it? So then we filmed season one, and it was amazing. And I remember there was one they allowed us to bring people on set, which I, it blew my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, people can come on set. That's so cool. So I brought the kids on um and they were great and it was great for them to see like oh this is how you make a like the things that I watch on tv and I just love how kids are just real that you know they met Idris and they were just like hi and not like but they were just cool so it's not fair <laughs> it's just not <laughs> fair they no don't even appreciate it no <laughs> the top, nothing it's just hi and it's just they're just like okay okay what's this I'm just like I love that and you know, you can't make kids do nothing they don't want to do, really. You like, smile. They're not going to smile. They don't want to. Do you know what I mean? And it's just that refreshing thing. But what was nice, and I loved that the production company allowed us to do this Green Door, um, Sprout Productions. They, you know, they allowed, they made it a place that I could bring my kids whenever I wanted to. And that was really nice. And for them to, you know, mm. even just having them in, on site, even though I might not be with them the whole time, was just nice that I know when I have my break I can go to my room or my trailer and they're there and they they're excited to be at mummy's work it's like an adventure and I remember one day filming and I said to Janine if she wanted to come on set 
and she came and it was she just had like it was just that you know when again a promise fulfilled you're just like this is so cool and I did say to her if if Idris is here and he's at work you can't ask for a picture because it's just one of those things he's in work just don't do it she's like are you serious I was like I'm I'm, I'm afraid yes and she came <laughs> she couldn't even get a picture but that's all right the fact that the matter is she'll always know that she did and maybe there'll be another opportunity but I had to respect that kind of um, part of the, the deal. Madeline, do you know what? It's been so lovely to speak to you. And for anyone listening, yes. if you don't know, Madeline's my my yeah. cousin, my, my first cousin. My Literally, but we I've been out in, in <laughs> Northwest London and someone has come up to me and said, Are you related to That's Madeline? Brave. I think <laughs> That's really great. <laughs> but um yeah so for me just I want to say you're such an inspiration for me because obviously you had kids before I had my first son and I remember when I found out I was pregnant yeah. me and Crosby came and sat down with Dude, you, you I've still got that list by the way saved in my saved in my iCloud of essential <laughs> things you need when you first have a child oh, I love that. <laughs> literally I still got that list and you've just been such inspiration for all of us, all your younger cousins and, and your siblings, just growing up, just everything you've achieved in life, just your faith is for us. Like, you know, whenever whenever we've struggled with anything and we reach out to you, you always point us straight first to the word and to God and to faith and how we can really, you know, press on yeah. and trust that God will, you know, come through for us. And, you know, I just want to thank uh, you so much for everything listen, you've done for the family. <laughs> you really really carried us no. like our generation as a family you've Listen, really covered us and we really you appreciate it cry, but <laughs> you guys are my inspiration <laughs> I, just, I love what you're doing all of you Rene, Vanessa you all of you, you guys are just killing it out there and you inspire me to be better so it works both ways so obviously you're an inspiration to me regardless, but if there's a few bits of advice that you'll give our listeners out there that are actors or act- sorry, actresses and are in this in this industry, what would be well, your best I bits of advice you'd hard. want to give them? It is hard. And and with hard work comes great reward. Um, you need that perseverance because honestly, you know, sometimes it's like the under, after the hundredth hit, then you might get a little breakthrough. Um, it's just, it is, it's, it, takes a lot of stamina uh, I would say um, mm. having things that are important to you as well outside of the career is helpful because you know this I always say this career is a very selfish career it wants all of you and when it doesn't want you you feel like some type of way because yeah because it's like when, it you're, when you they out. want you they want you and everything's bl- roses but when they don't want you that's tough like you can spend time on a self-tape um, send that off and not even hear anything like whether you got it ever um, so those sort of things are hard um, I would say but then when the, the rewards start to come that's amazing and really enjoy those moments when you're working because you never know when the next job's going to be and it's hard it's hard sometimes you're tired you're frustrated but don't forget the the roots of where you've come from um, and the work and the graft that you've put in to get there. Um, I would say, I mean, I remember like mad, it's mad you even asking me all these questions. You know, there was a period when I was still doing Tina 
I was coming to the end of my contract for Tina, my first year. And I remember I really, you know, mentally, it was a really challenging time because I had two small kids. Bria was, you know, transitioning into school. Caleb was still at nurse. You know, it was a lot. I was commuting out of High Wycombe. They still got up in the night some nights. So I'm sleep deprived. Um, and then, you know, sometimes you should sleep in the day when you're not performing, but you've got other stuff to do. So constantly not firing from full cylinders. I'm tired. And so some days, you know, you'd be struggling. You go into work and you're really low or, you know, you're thinking you're a bit out of sync because you've not really had time for yourself. And it would just be, it was just interesting to see that journey on how, you you know, you, you negotiate things that are out of your control and being mm. honest and saying, Do you know what? I'm not all right today. Today's not a great day. Let me I just need a minute. <laughs> um and that was great. And I remember Cobner Holbrook Smith who played Ike in Artina. He was really great at really encouraging that kind of see me at work going, You're not all right, are you? And that's okay. Just like, you know, he'd even offer his room sometimes to just have a minute of um, from the busyness of what that backstage life could be like. And it was just great to see a leading man just lead us as a cast like that and just be like, you know, it's OK today. If you're just off, that's all right. Um, what did you do today? And then I'll list my thing. And he's like, of course, you're feeling off because that's a lot of stuff to do in one day it's like that constant thing, you've like, done a lot of things like it's okay and david tells me all the time just if there's things that you want done just tell me and it's like this thing like oh i can do it no it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to say it's not okay and i remember there was a period i was doing the play mm. and they asked if i wanted to do another year and i thought oh would they have me back for another year and all the kinds of things that you just do as an actor and then they and in the long run came back and said we're going to go for season two and it's going to film at this period which would have been the start of the new the second year and I remember Philida and the team were like we will make it work we'll work around you so if you need to go off and film we'll work around you and I remember the tv show going what a blessing we'll work around you too so we'll do shooting from the periods that you are you need to um, when you're supposed to be at home and then we'll release you in time to go and do the show. So for four weeks, Cammy, I did both. So I would get picked up at half five, That's six crazy. o'clock in the morning, go off to set, shoot, then be released in time to go and do the theatre. And sometimes I'd do that on matinee days as well. So I'd do filming in the morning and two shows. And you know, in that way, and you're just, you're going through it, and you're tired and you're going, okay, this is what I have to do. People would ask me, like, how are you doing this? Like, how do you do this? And I'm like, do you know what? I'm so grateful for this. This is a season I've prayed for. This kind of caliber of work is something I have prayed for. And I I know that with this sort of stuff comes big responsibility. Like, you know, Idris Elba is one of the busiest yeah. men I know. And it, th- that success isn't just given to you. He ha- works for that. He works so hard. And I was like, do you know what? This is the season that I have to sew into right now and I need to buckle up. Yes, I might be tearful at times. 
that's my language. I do cry, but I feel like let it get it out, then just keep it in. Um, I'm the so, same. Oh my gosh, listen, I was crying. You cry. I have to cry because I'm, like, I'm tired. So I'm, sometimes I'd be in the wings about to go on and do a scene, and I'd just be crying because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a bit overwhelmed for a minute, but I have to let it out. And I had such a supportive cast that would, you know, come alongside me some days and just be like, it's all right, give me a hug. But you know that way, you just get on with it. And I'm so thankful. And that went on for four weeks. Yeah. And I'm like, do you know what? Even though it's hard, um, in the long run team, Green Door Sprout, they look after they looked after me, Sky, you know, they got me they they looked after me and in um Tina looked after me and they let me come back, which again is not something that happens often. So I was thankful. I couldn't mumble. I just had to get on with it and be thankful because I was getting up for other places, opening Elemis at eight AM, you know. So that was I was similar things, but it wasn't my business. Exactly. It was my business. So yeah, just be prepared to work hard, but also be prepared to say no. Do you know what? I need a minute. I need a minute. I just need to check in with myself and see where I'm at. And I think in the second year of Tina, I did a bit more of that. Let me just check in with myself. How no, I'm not I'm not okay. I need to just with like just have a minute. So that you can, you know, be okay too, because our mental health is so important so important definitely Madeline so what can we expect to see from you after the lockdown's over and everything's been lifted is there season three is there anything so, else that yeah you so the season three of in the long run um is due to come out in, on sky we haven't got the exact dates but we're thinking June July so I'm very excited to see that and I have seen mm season three and it's very very funny and there's lots of adventures to uh to see happen amongst the characters so yeah I'm looking forward to that and I just recently um did a short film called Elephant um directed by Gladys San Juan and written by Noella Mingo and that um has been on pause because we were hoping to do some of the festivals but a lot of the festivals are postponed at the moment so hopefully once things start getting uh, start moving on that we that will be more accessible for people because I think it's such a good story what so the story it's about a woman it? called Nicole who on the surface has it all she's got a good job she's got a family uh, lives in a nice house but her mental state is under a lot of strain at the moment and it's just trying to she's just trying to get a grip of it she's currently on antidepressants when we meet her but it's just a bit too much so we just have a closer look at what her day looks like um and I just thought it was so important because you don't really see black females in that kind of um, narrative screens um no, and I cool. thought you know this is a good thing to to have that discussion about because mental health affects us all and I know there's the perception that black women are strong and black women can but you know what we're human and some days it's not okay. Some days it's a bit too much. And we, you know, let's talk about it. Let's let's support each other. Let's, um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And Madeline, how can people connect with you? Are you on any social um, media handles, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, any of those? I'm on Instagram, um, Madeline Appiah, and Twitter, Madeline Appiah. So, yeah, 
those are my socials perfect Madeline thank you so much for doing this you had so much to share seriously I even me I'm not in the performing arts industry or the creative industry just yeah and I just love hearing your story literally you've been through so much and just to hear everything you've been through and where you are now is literally making me emotional (laughs) come from a a grandmother on our maternal side that have had 10 kids and look what grandma went through 10 kids had a business then all of her kids are doing bits and every single one of our um, aunties and uncles have had lives that are you know not been easy but we've overcome and I'm just thankful to be part of that squad to be honest and raising kids to see that hard work is not a bad thing it's good just good and yeah I'm just so blessed that you even spoke with me today so thank you and I love your podcast I think it's brilliant I watched I listened to your first one and I just listened and thought you know what thank you Miracle for again being honest and open and Tammy thank you for letting this um podcast exist and all the best thank you so much guys you've got madeline's instagram handle please follow her on instagram so you can get all the latest updates of when the next season of um, in the long run is out and also when her short film will be out for everyone to listen and yeah tune in for the next episode